My money don't jiggle jiggle, it folds I like to see you wiggle wiggle, for sure It makes me wanna dribble dribble, you know Riding in my Fiat, you really have to see it Six feet two in a compact, no slack But luckily the seats go back I got a knack to relax in my mind Sipping some red, red wine Nice You're listening to the number one podcast For Olive Branch and Eastern DeSoto County This is O. Be On deck for today, guys, we've got a quick hot topic talking about gas prices. We've got local news, you know, almost singular. Uh, we've got some great dad jokes. Riddle me this. Motivational message. Uh, random facts and stories you likely didn't know. Also, we've got a movie and TV review as we're going to talk about Doctor Strange and Moon Knight. And special at the end of the episode, we have our three football coaches here from Lewisburg, uh, Center Hill, and Olive Branch going to join us to talk about the spring football games we had this past week. Going to be great, great show. So, T, man, how's it been for you, brother? Not bad, Zach. What about you, man? Man, I tell you, it's been a it's been a good week. This was our teacher appreciation week. A lot of great food. I got to cook for the staff on Monday. Just just awesome. some regular burgers and hot dogs. I uh, got a lot of compliments. You know, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I had my favorite apron on. You would love it. It said "Mr. Good Looking's Cooking, Baby," and it was ah. all over. Yeah. So uh, got a lot of strange looks from the students, but hey, you know what? I'm sure it was memorable. But I got to give kudos, man. Uh, you know, we had some amazing parents come out, uh, especially the Buck. They not only came once, they came twice. They did breakfast and they did a lunch. Absolutely amazing. Uh, It was uh, tenderloin, potatoes, desserts, green beans, you name it. They had it. And then get this. They brought a milkshake bar for dessert for lunch. And then they brought a coffee bar for breakfast one morning. I'm talking whatever you can imagine. They had somebody there, make whatever you wanted. Pretty epic, pretty special. uh, Definitely want to give a good special uh, shout out to them. I, I treat a coffee bar just like I do a buffet. I find a, I find a rolling chair and just work my way down the table. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Hey, you're going to max hey, it out, man. That's the way to do it. I do it. Hey, like I said, I have a rule. There's one thing better than good food, T. You know what that is? Free food. Free food, baby. Always. Always. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, man, let's get right into these hot topics. But before we do, you know i got to talk about our number one realtor team, and that is Team Couch of Birch Realty. Brian is kicking butt and taking names. He just got on our brother podcast this past week, if you All listen right. to it. And he did some analytics for the area, and he mentioned one of our areas, which is Lewisburg. Get this, T. The man comes out and lets us know there's like only 16 active homes for sale and like another 16 that are new construction that are not even close to complete, and they're already on the market somewhere in the neighborhood of an average price of over $350,000. That's just, it's insanity to me. There's no such thing as a starter home anymore in the Lewisburg area, much less probably Center Hill as well. I uh, can't wait to get him on the show. He's going to get on here and talk a little bit more about area, especially Olive Branch and Center Hill, and get some, you know, get some cool analytics and give some new information about how the market's going. I think people will really, really appreciate it. But like I've always said, guys, if you're in the market to buy or sell a house, this is the team you want to go to. They are the number one realtor team in DeSoto County. They've been voted that way five times here recently by DeSoto County's Best. This is the team you want to work with, guys. You can go to teamcouch.com, and you can check out all the stuff they do. This is a full-service company, and they will handle every detail professionally. Here's their phone number if you'd like to call them today. That is 662-449-1700, or you can call Brian's cell phone personally, which is 901-461-7653, which does spell sold. Remember, every home needs a couch. 
All right, see, our hot topics this week, we're talking about gas prices, and man, I'm not talking in a good way. The average price of fuel as of yesterday, now we're recording on Sunday, that is $4.47 for a regular unleaded gas and $5.56 for a gallon of diesel. This is uh, insanity. Look, our current administration said even before the election they wanted to get rid of fossil fuels. They wanted to do electric cars. What better way to force the country or think that you're going to force the country to do so than by cutting off every major supply possibly known to mankind in order to jack the price up so people get fed up and stay home? Uh, it's tough, man. Just this week, just this week, the Biden administration, like you was talking about, canceled one of the most high-profile oil and gas leases, you know, opportunities basically pending before the entire Interior Department. The decision halts the potential for them to drill in over a million acres in the Cook Inlet in Alaska. Now, the Cook Inlet is a major player for the state of Alaska as well as the United States. It's just unbelievable. A million acres of oil will not be being tapped into that could drastically change things. Now, don't get me wrong. If we started drilling tomorrow, that will not change the price of the pump anytime soon. But it does give you something to look forward to that would, in the long term, drive the price back down because we'd have higher production. And here's another problem we got. They just canceled, just canceled this past mm -hmm. Wednesday, three mm -hmm. oil and gas lease sales that were going to happen in the Gulf of Mexico and off the coast of Alaska that were scheduled to take place this month. And because that's going to happen, now they're going to let these other leases expire, which all expire in June. And there's going to have several offshore drilling locations not producing oil anymore. Again, this is all going to happen right in the heat of the summer, which is also the highest level of travel we have in the United States. It's just going to spell disaster when it comes to our gas prices. Analysts everywhere are saying, buckle up, get ready for higher prices. There is no change in the near future anywhere. Okay, well, you keep using the word they. Who is they? Who, who is they that keep closing all these things? That would be our Biden administration, our current w wait president. A, what? No, that's not true. That is not true. Our president gets up and blames everything on Putin. So there's no way that this could be done by the United States government. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I hate to say it, but that's, uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> Misinformation alert. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. the, uh, yeah, that's right. I'll be, we'll be sanctioned. It's coming soon. I, I just don't get it. You know, for, for logic apparently is not in the vocabulary of our current administration. And I'm not trying to be political about it, but stupid is as stupid does, right? Yeah. I mean, so you want to get on TV and you want to get up front and I want to be clear and I want to make sure that everybody in America knows and understands that we can't control what's going on. This isn't our fault. And this was the previous administration's fault and all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, don't go blaming me. Dude, man, you're cutting off our nose to spite our face. I don't get it. In order for prices to be driven down in any type of market, you have to have a supply larger than the demand. And when that happens, that's when prices go down. And so for someone who's talking about how he has a plan that he's going to fix inflation and get gas prices down, I, I, I'm real interested to see and find out how gas prices go down 
by making sure that the flow of oil, which is then converted into gasoline, is when it's stopped or it's reduced, how that's going to drive the cost of fuel down. I, it, to me, it's economics 101. But I'm not an economics major. I'm just John Q. taxpayer out here paying out my rear end for gasoline. And gasoline is about seven cents a gallon more than milk is right now. Yeah, well, it, it hurts. And that's everywhere. another topic. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I went to the pump the other day and it cost me over $75 and I didn't fill my truck up. I just stopped at 75 because I was tired of watching my, you know, my backside bleed when well, it comes where I to live it. at where I live at a lot of gas stations and convenience stores, they're, they're tapping it out at $75. You can't buy any more than $75 no, worth of gas. It's funny you say that. You know, I buy that non-ethanol fuel, which is, is even more expensive when I go to do for my mowers and right. different things around the house. Right. And like that. And I feel I have like six cans, right? I hit $100. It shut me off. I had to go back inside and request them to turn the pump back on so that I could fill my other cans. They had to come out and look at it. And I was like, right. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just a buying customer. What's the deal? You know, and they're like, well, these are the rules. These are policies. No, yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. It's sad. Um, you know, I'm, I'm be honest with you. I mean, I have this really. This is a personal feeling. I feel like we're gonna we're gonna max out as many profits as we can for everything, knowing that we're having a fleeting or an administration that doesn't feel like they're going to last or make it to the next round. So let's go ahead and cash in with the time we have. Exactly. And that's, that's what exactly I feel like. Right. And uh, so, you know, I think but when it gets time to, you know, the next presidential election, there'll be a big effort to drop the gas prices down in an effort to hope that everybody just forgets how awful it was during, you know, the three years prior of not having money to be able to go anywhere because it was too expensive to travel and it's yeah. too expensive to buy things. And so you mark my words, we get to, you know, end of another year or so, you'll start seeing things come down and they'll be, oh, look, we're saving, we're saving grace. We're the heroes and everything else. Don't worry about the billions and trillions of dollars of profits we made off the working class. You know, but now that it's time for election, look what we're doing for you, you know, and I wonder if we're going to people are going to be sheep for it. Uh, absolutely. Look, as a whole, we're creating more of it and more of a society that doesn't want to have to think for themselves. Uh, all they have to do is look up on their phone, uh, try to find what side of the aisle they uh, adhere to. And whatever's being said, that's what they're going to go and do and believe anyway. I guess it comes down to when is enough enough. I think when we get these elections to come up in this November and see how things go, if the changes are going to be made, promise. I bet you there's going to be a lot of promises made. I guess we're going to see what happens if they actually come to fruition is going to be the thing. It's that time of year. Yep, yep. All right, guys, let's get over to our local news. And, of course, this is brought to you by Michael Hatcher & Associates. And that is our number one landscape company right here in Olive Branch. Guys, they are looking to hire. This is the busy time of their year. They're looking for account managers, estimators, project managers, foremans, irrigation techs, mechanics, crew members, and more. So many positions available. The company is thriving so well. And they have some of the best benefits, some of the best pay, and a motto to hire for life. This is the place to be, guys, if you're looking for a new career. Give Gabby a call who is their talent acquisition manager at 662-755-3207 if you want to change your life with a career at the Michael Hatcher and Associates. Go call them today. T, like I said before, man, news is pretty slim today, but I want to get this one out first. Man, the Olive Branch Police Department had the honor of providing traffic control 
for the kindergarten and first grade students here of Olive Branch Elementary on their children's history walking tour, where they visited and learned some of the history about Olive Branch, which included the Blocker Cemetery, the City of Olive Branch Government City Hall building, the Olive Branch Fire Station, which was Station 1 right there in downtown, the mural on the side of the Old Town Bakery and how that guy came apart, of course, the Chamber of Commerce, the Arts in the Alley, and, of course, the historic Wesson House. Pretty, Dude, pretty think, awesome. Pretty Dude, awesome. I, I think that's just a fantastic. I, I'm glad that those kids had the opportunity to go around and see all those places and find out a little about the background and of the history of Olive Branch, how it comes apart, how it works today. You know, going by City Hall and meeting the people that are there, going by the fire department. Dude, man, I remember when I was in first grade. Uh, we went, we went, uh, I lived outside of Columbus and, uh, and, uh, we went and toured the, the fire departments there and, uh, being able to ride in the truck and be able to, you know, they would hold on to us. And one at a time we got to slide down the, you know, the pole oh, yeah. and, uh, and it was right. The, the station was that we had was right next door to the old Brookshire's ice cream place. And so, uh, they went next door and got everybody ice cream sandwiches and whatnot as well. But but get, getting back to the point of it, though, uh, those kids got to be up close and see something uh, that they don't normally get to see on a daily basis. Know that those people that work in those areas and have those jobs are real people just like themselves, just like their mom and dads. And uh, I think it's great that uh, – that our city took the time to help these kids out to be able to tour these different areas in the town. I agree with you, T. It was absolutely fantastic. I mean, it was multiple, multiple classes. I think there was at least 10 of them between first, you know, first grade and kindergarten. And it also gives the kids an opportunity to see officers in a very positive manner as a way to interacting with our Olive Branch Police Department. Mm-hmm. I think the OBPD does a fantastic job. I think uh, kudos to Ken Adams, the mayor, you know, right. as he, he does these things ever since he's been in office. And I'm not saying anything about a full administration, but he has definitely made sure the presence is there. His community relations is unreal, top notch. Uh, there's been so much going on. I mean, we had the fishing rodeo last week and had so many kids come out. Um, you know, they're really, really bringing it home in Olive Branch. And that's why Olive Branch is one of the best places to live here in Mississippi. It's been ranked before nationally, and it's just it's absolutely fantastic. And so I want to give a real special thanks to Ken Adams, the OBPD, as well as Olive Branch Elementary School for coordinating such a, a great, memorable event for those future leaders. It's really, really good. T, before we get to the next thing, you know i got to mention our good buddies over at Rodman Properties. Guys, if you own a house or property that's in disarray, bad shape, or you got it in a bad circumstance where you just need to get rid of it fast for cash, this is the company you want to talk to. Local, trustworthy, great people. They have a website called iBuyDeSoto.com. That is iBuyDeSoto.com. That shows you all the things they do and offer. They buy homes around here that need some help. Uh, They fix them up, and they usually either turn them around to sell or they turn them into rental properties, but these are not your typical rental properties. These are not one of those ones where you have a national company buying them all up and putting anybody in them and destroying them and ruining the property value, ruining the community. No, they really, really take care of business here. This is a local company that cares about the community, gives back to the community, and this is who you want to work with. So please go check out their website. Like I said, ibuydesoto.com. If, if you or anyone you know has a property that could you know, kind of meet these criteria. T, the last thing I want to talk about in news, uh, there was a uh, kind of an annoying sound that popped up on people's phone this past week. Yeah. Did you get the? Did you get that annoyance? I, I did. I actually did. Well, yeah. it, it depends on uh, uh, how it hits you. 
Yeah, <laughs> whether that's an, whether or not it's an annoyance or not. But yes, my phone did go off with this. What you're fixing to talk about? Yeah, the uh, guys that annoying sound, which I call what it is. I mean, it, they, it's it's that sound for a reason. Just to make sure right. you you know you go to it. That it was the Amber Alert that was issued on May 9th. It was for Amaya Hernandez and Eileen Ramos. And guess what? The good news is it was canceled the next day as they were Absolutely. located and they are safe. And so the Mandeville Police Department and the NBI, thank you for anyone and everyone who helped when it came to that Amber Alert. You know, and it brought my, you know, brought my attention to this. You know, um, I asked the question, you know, of like, man, did you, you know, I asked my wife, did you get that? You know, did you, when it's, so, it's so crazy. They said that they were on I-55. They're right here in DeSoto County, potentially. And everything else, and you know, when I was talking to her and I was talking to another person, uh, somebody popped the question of, you know, how did it become the Amber Alert? And you know, and I sat there and thought about, it. I was like, you know, I don't know. And I thought this was a great opportunity to give a little history of something since we didn't have a lot of local news today. You know, I wanted to put this information out here of what how the Amber Alert was created and what its intention was. Now, I will warn you, this is a sad, sad story. So what I'm about to read is, you know, is not for everybody. Um, but, but I did kind of dial it back on some of the details so everybody understood. But let's go with it. Uh, this is how it all started. Back on January 13th, 1996, a nine-year-old uh, girl named Amber Hagerman was riding her bike alongside her five-year-old brother, Ricky, to a grocery store in Arlington, Texas. Just two blocks from their home, sadly, the little, the little girl would never return. Four days later, Amber's body was found in a nearby creek, and she was pronounced dead from, from cut wounds on her neck and throat. Most people know Amber Alerts as a child abduction emergency notification that helps law enforcement finding mis missing kids. But did you know that the tragic abduction and murder case behind this notorious alert system has still never been solved? And the people are still looking for clues today. So here's what happened in a little more detail in the case. While there are no suspects have ever been identified in Amber's abduction, there was a witness. A passerby named Jim Cavill saw an adult male stranger snatch the screaming, kicking Amber from her bike and wrangle her into a black pickup truck in a Winn-Dixie parking lot and drove off. Cavill described his attacker as either white or Hispanic, around six foot tall, medium build, and between the ages of 25 and 40. He called the police immediately, but it was too late to save the former Girl Scout. Meanwhile, her five-year-old Ricky brother uh, rushed home to tell the mother and grandparents that they couldn't find a sister. When Amber's grandfather, Jimmy, arrived on the scene, she was already missing. He found an empty bicycle in the grocery store parking lot. That was all that was there. The family immediately sprang into action, notifying local police and the FBI and the news media to become a nationwide search for their beloved Amber. More than 50 federal agents and police officers joined the search. Police believe the abductor's behavior was most likely escalated because of a recent and traumatic or upsetting event, such as a divorce or layoff. Four days after Amber's kidnapping, a dog walker discovered her body in a creek nearby Arlington Forest Hill Apartments, just a few miles from Hagerman's house. Police believed that she had washed up there due to recent thunderstorms. While an investigation task force was formed hastily after Amber's body was discovered, it was disbanded in 1999 when the case went cold. Since Amber's disappearance, Arlington police have sniffed through more than 8,000 leads. But without physical evidence, such as a weapon or DNA, no official suspects have ever been discovered, and the case has been difficult to pursue. And unlike in many other unsolved murders, few credible theories have been posted to the kidnapper's identity. Amber's harrowing abduction and death inspired her family to become fierce child advocates. Although Jim Cavill witnessed Amber's kidnapping and notified law enforcement, there was no available coordinated notification system to mobilize the public around the missing child. 
Hagerman's disappearance sparked immediate interest among parents in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and across the country. Concerned community members joined in efforts to find a new way to respond to abductions, urging law enforcement to take a stand and work to prevent similar tragedies in the future. It is credited with the idea of modeling a child abduction emergency response team after the National Weather Service's warnings. Her call in to local radio station launched a nationwide campaign to revolutionize the way we notify the public about kidnappings. Nine months after Amber's death, the public got what it wished in the form of the Amber Hagerman Child Protection Act and the now famous Amber Alert System, which stands for America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response. It helps law enforcement agencies and media outlets disseminate the news of a kidnapping almost immediately. Early versions were sent out via radio, while today's alerts spring up on your cell phones and social media accounts. The Amber Alert has served as a prototype for similar systems in other countries and has evolved into digital technology. The U.S. Department of Justice estimates the Amber Alerts have returned more than 900 children to their families in the past two decades. I hope this story hits a nerve a little and reminds us not to just disregard those annoying alerts on our phone because imagine how it would feel if it was one of your loved ones or even worse, if it was you missing. That's a horrible thing that happened. But I tell you what, it kind of goes back to what I what I was saying when we were leading into this. You know, it depends on what side of this Amber Alert are you on when it goes. You know, any time you get a, a notice like that, read it, look out for it, share it with your friends or family. Uh, you just never know. To me, I think we all have a uh, a moral decision to make when it comes to making sure that, that we recognize these things, that we don't just, you know, toss them over to the side. Uh, it, it's just incredible how, how often these things work as well. And, uh, you know, every once in a while you hear that, that, you know, something tragic has happened on the back end of them. Uh, but it, from what I can recall in the experience that I've had, uh, whenever I see them or get them, uh, luckily more times than not, it turns out to be a good thing. And it's because people are on the lookout. And uh, in situations like that, uh, you, you know, you're, you're, you're helping somebody you don't even know probably most of, most of the time. But you got to imagine what, it, what it's like for you and your family to be going through what they're going through as well. Oh, there's no doubt to you. I think uh, people need to – Really pay attention. I'll give you another great example. Uh, there was a mother here in her, uh, not Hernando, I think it was South Haven, who got on Facebook, uh, called the police. Um, they did not use an Amber Alert immediately because there are certain rules to an Amber Alert. But she got on Facebook and put it out there in several of the, the community groups, uh, Hernando Happenings, Olive Branch uh, Community, Lewisburg, all of them. And she talked about how her son was missing. And she was concerned about him. And uh, within 24 hours with police help and the people in the community, they did find him. It did have a tragic end. But because of that alerting people in the community using social media, you know, the potential of the Amber Alert and like that, they were able to locate, you know, and they were, you know, able to absolve that search and, you know, and bring some closure to a family. Uh, so I, I think it's a great thing. I think people really need to take the time to look at it, uh, digest it. And always remember, like I said, that could be you or somebody, you know, uh, and you want people to take it serious. So you take it serious and, and you pass that along and hope everybody else does the same. So, uh, guys, I hope y'all enjoyed that for the news. Uh, you know, I know there's a little more of a history and background, but I think it kind of hits home and, uh, you know, and it's good stuff. All right, one last thing we need to mention is going on this week, we have our local graduations that are set up and ready to go. Uh, Olive Branch High School, their graduation is May 21st at 10 a.m., 
And then Center Hill High School is also on the 21st at 7 p.m. And wrapping them up will be Lewisburg High School on May 26th at 7 p.m. Congratulations to all those graduating seniors. Absolutely. absolutely. That is at the Lander Center, guys. Do not miss that opportunity. The next stop is the east side motel. We used to chase that tad and look afraid. Couple of kids in a Chevrolet. It's a little air when we cross the tracks. Slipping off some from a paper sack. You hang your shirt on that maple lamp. Slipping through the moon to the river bend. Wasn't very long, I was jumping in. Jumping in. I guess I'm still doing now what I was doing then. All right, T, let's get over to these dad jokes. You know, this is brought to you by the number one insurance man of all, all branch, my insurance man. That is Allie Edgelolly of Alpha Insurance, the ace agency of all branch. Guys, his office number is 662-893-0928, and his cell phone is 1-843-324-0930. Guys, all I need to tell you is if you call and you ask for a quote, He's going to impress you. You're going to be saving some money. What else do you need to hear? Go give him a call. Again, his office number is 662-893-0928. Tell you, I've got four jokes for you this week. A good buddy of mine, Brian Couch, like he mentioned at the beginning of the episode, he sent me one. I've got to put it on the show. I told him I'd put it on there just because I want to see if it trips you up a little bit. I'll let you be the measure if you think it's lame or funny. So here we go. What kind of fish Lame. goes green? <laughs> oh, already cut me off. <laughs> I'll let him know. I'm letting him know. All right. What kind of fish goes great with peanut butter? Oh, I know this one already. <laughs> and it is? Jellyfish. Oh, jellyfish. All right. There you go. Hooray. <laughs> All right. I went to an interview at Ikea. The manager greeted me and said, come in, make a seat. Good Lord. <laughs> what do you not make at Ikea, right? <laughs> Dude, I got to tell you, my wife and I and my family went to Ikea the, on Friday night um, after school and everything like that. We went out there. My son's looking for a desk. We're, we're looking at a, you know, maybe a bed and stuff. I've never been to an Ikea before in my life. That was an experience, my friend. My daughter has been trying to get me to go to the Ikea in Memphis for years. Uh, Elaine wants me to go. Not so much to buy anything, but they just say it's so massive and they have everything there. It's 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 mesmerizing. Uh, I'll give you this: they're not wrong. I mean, like you can't get in and out of there once you start in less than thirty to forty-five minutes. And just if you buy nothing, you're still going to take you forty-five minutes to get through there because wow. you you have to walk through a showroom that you know that basically has these arrows on the floor, so it kind of forces you to just have to go through the entire thing to get out. You know, you, you don't want to be that guy who goes backwards on the line. You know what I'm saying? People give and, you the stink eye. Oh, I'm telling you, man. It was just kind of, it was, it was crazy. I mean, it must have been over 70 or 80 example rooms that were fully decorated with different types of furniture, wall art, you name it, to give you a visual interpretation. All you got to do is look at the tag, and if they got it, then you go out into the room, and you go out into the giant warehouse, look for the scan, and you pull it off the shelf, and you buy it while it's in a box. And yeah, it's just heard bananas. It's- I've heard it's massive out there. It's is it really that big? Is it, it is. Oh my gosh. It is the largest retail building I've ever been in. I can tell you that wow. bar none. It was, it yeah. was quite incredible. We didn't buy anything. Like I said, there's a lot of the stuff in there that kind of feels cheap, you know. 
mm-hmm. uh, has a great look. Some things look good, some don't. But we didn't find anything that you know tickled the fancy per se. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, it was something. Yeah. It was quite eye opening experience for sure. All right, the next one. I called up to my landlord and said, "Hey, I got a leak in my sink." He said, "Go ahead. I'm not judging you." Oh, <laughs> jeez, man, golly! <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, he was scheduled to be here all week. (laughs) Last one. Last one. (laughs) The craziest and worst summer job I ever had was cleaning the monkey cages at the Memphis Zoo. That crap was bananas. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That ain't all it was. (laughs) (laughs) Better you than me, brother. That's it, man. That's it. Well, as always, guys, we hope you enjoy the content and our lame jokes. You know, if I if we keep following this standard of uh, T's opinion, we might have to cancel this part of the show. <laughs> oh no, I love them. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is always nice to see you. Just the man behind the counter to the woman who is coming. All right, guys, let's get over to the Riddle Me This. We've got two good ones for you today. T, are you ready? I am ready. Here we go. If it takes five elves, five minutes to make five dolls, then how long will it take a hundred elves to make a hundred dolls? Five minutes. It has to be five minutes. Am I right? And I think you're right. If it takes one elf five minutes yeah. to make a, fi- a doll, then it would take 100 elves five minutes to make 100 That's dolls. Right. Congratulations. There you yeah. go, big dog. Five elves, five minutes. That means each elf uh, each elf took five minutes. It doesn't matter if you had 1.67 million elves. If it all took them five minutes to make a doll, it would take five minutes to make 1.67 billion elves. That's correct. I mean dolls, not elves. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. All right, here we go. The next one. (laughs) I can be hot or cold. I can run or be still. I can be hard or soft. What am I? All right, you're going to have to do better next week because I've heard this one before too. Oh, man. And I I promise I've, I've not... Look to anything at all. It has to be water. Water is the answer. Congratulations. Good job, big dog. Big job. Yeah. Two for two. Two for yeah. two. Yeah. <laughs> what do I win? Uh, a mean look. There you go. <laughs> I get that anyway. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, guys, let's go over to our motivational message. And this is brought to you by, of course, our DC Dragons Karate and Cheer Dojo. If your daughter or son or family is interested in getting better in some martial arts or in the cheer, this is the place to go check out. They're conveniently located right here on 178 in Olive Branch. They do ages from 4 to 18, any level of expertise. It's a great family environment, doesn't cost much, and there's no billing. Go check them out. You can go to their Facebook page, DC Dragons. 
T, our motivational message is a good one. I wrote it out today. It's a quote that I heard from a video, and I just absolutely love it. And I want to read it to you and get your opinion on it, and we go from there. Sometimes when you are in a dark place, you think you have been buried or trapped to never see life as you did before. But in reality, you have been planted to transform into something better. Not bad, huh? Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Hey, man, I've, I've thought that way before. I'll be honest with you, man. Oh, I have too. You know, well, you and I, we, you know, I've gone some, through some things over the last year or so that you've helped me out with as well, you know, uh, uh, from a professional manner and whatnot. And, uh, you know, th- the biggest thing that's got me through in not only just talking to people or whatnot, but this, to me, this goes right along the line that if, you know, if you're a Christian, I'm a Christian, I believe in Christ and I appreciate everything that he's done for me. But it's one thing that that has helped me along is the fact that I finally have come to grips with things that no matter where I'm at or what I'm doing, it's where he wants me to be. I can gripe about this going on, that going on. I don't like the way this is done. This is being done dirty. This is being backdoored. And what, hey, when you learn to control what you can have control over, and everything else has nothing to do with what you can control and just believe that where you're at, you're there for a purpose. You may not ever know what that purpose is. Okay. But every once in a while, somebody's going to come up to you and give you a little gold nugget. And what I mean by a gold nugget is, is they're going to have a kind word to say, they're going to show uh, some kind of appreciation. You know, uh, you may come to your desk one day and you've got, a big old fat piece of banana cake on your desk, you know, with the note saying, Hey, I appreciate you. Uh, don't always dwell on the negative things. Although that's the easiest thing for all of us to be able to dwell on as they occur in our lives, but know that you've been planted. Like it says at the end of this, been planted to transform into something better. And when you become better then the people around you become better as well. Well said brother. Well said. I couldn't agree with you more. And, uh, uh, I think it's something we can all learn from and get better. And uh, I hope this uh, little message here helps uh, somebody out there and, uh, you know, or pass it along to maybe somebody who's uh, who needs to hear it. And so, guys, we hope you all enjoy that motivational message as always. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but chains and whips excite me. Tell you what's the next thing on the list, man. All right, up next is random facts, stories you likely didn't know. Hey, T, I got to add, I gotta add uh, well, not so much a new sponsor. Believe it or not, we've actually used these guys before, but they come back on the show, and I'm pretty happy that they did, and that is Old Town Fitness. This is an absolutely fantastic local gym that's something a little different. They do more of the classes, uh, stuff that's similar to CrossFit and things of that nature. Uh, just an absolutely fantastic place. You know, use a lot more uh, body and time. It's not your traditional weightlifting place. Just something really unique, uh, a different type of experience. If you're scared or you know, you're afraid of those stereotypical gyms where it's just a bunch of machines everywhere and you're not sure about things, this is a place where they really want to have a personal connection, give you instruction, make you feel like it's a family environment to learn from. It's a truly, truly great place. Ran by some awesome, awesome people um, that I've known for a long time. It's just, it's a great situation. I'm pretty happy to have them back on the show. Uh, T, why don't you tell them uh, what time, where they're located and where, what times they're open? 
They're at a uh, 9045 Highway 178 in Olive Branch there. Their hours are a little bit different than most traditional places, and I think they're kind of smart by doing this because when they're open is when most people want to be there. Uh, Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 12 noon, and then also again Monday through Friday they open back up at 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Saturday they open from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., and on Sunday they're closed. More power to them, man. I think that's absolutely awesome. Again, guys, go check them out. They have a cool website, too, at oldtownfitness.com. Um, and you can see a lot of the stuff that we're talking about that you, you, I'm telling you would probably really, really, really like. We'll tell you what some of these cool things we got going on, man. All right. So did you know, Zach, did you know Outback Steakhouse was founded in Tampa, Florida by four Americans who had never visited Australia? <laughs> Imagine that. Now, hey, that's capitalism right there, brother. Yes. They, they simply saw an opportunity to ride the wave of popularity of all things Australian. Following the 1986 film Crocodile Dundee, their concept was American food and Australian fun. Look, I like Outback. They're okay. All right. But I, I, like, I like the Crocodile Dundee movies, though, dude. Yeah, I thought dude. they were pretty now, good. Look. I was in Florida but during uh, – I grew up a large part of my days in Florida, and my parents adored the Outback. When it first came out, it was top-notch. It was one of those best steakhouses you could go to. It had those catchy names on their menu. I mean, I still remember today, my favorite meal there is Alice Springs Chicken, you know, which is Alice Springs, Australia. Never forgot it. It's, it's a seared chicken in a pan that has cheese and bacon on top of it and with a, a homemade honey mustard glaze. It is knock your socks off amazing. But, you know, you know that was – 20 something years ago, we know, and I, and I still yeah. remember it. So, I mean, they, their marketing was top notch. That's why it's one of the most, uh, you know, it was one of the most popular steakhouses or American chains, you know, for a long, long time. But hey, cool, cool nugget there. And what do you think their most popular item is? It's not the steak, is it? Oh, no, it's got to be their uh, Bloomin' Onion. And Bloomin' Onion, you bet. That's, that's the, that was, that was, I, I was there. That was the first time I ever had one. Going to Outback and not ordering a Bloomin' Onion is like going to Baskin-Robbins and asking for a, a bottle of water. <laughs> Truth. Truth, sir. Absolutely. And there's been a lot of copycats since, but nothing beats the original Bloomin' Onion. Often imitated, never duplicated. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's the next one, T? Wrigley's was originally a soap company, Wrigley Juicy, that gifted baking powder with their soap. The baking powder became more popular than the soap, so they switched to selling baking powder with chewing gum as a gift. The gum became more popular than the baking powder, so the company switched to selling gum. <laughs> Capitalism. <laughs> Capitalism, baby. You got to go with the flow, bro. I mean, what about? it's just crazy. You know, there's, a, you know, there's also a really cool story. I'll see if I can find it on how Play-Doh was invented. And you would not oh. believe how what Play-Doh, how it was created. It was actually like a plumbing compound or a type of glue or something like that. And somehow they figured out that you could make it into a playing toy. And Play-Doh became one of the number one children's toys in U.S. and American history. And it's still in creation today uh, that is still big time. So, I mean, like, it's, it's absolutely bananas. It saved a company that was going to be extinct and ter by turning a cleaning or plumbing agent into a toy for kids. Look, my wife works in the nursery at the church uh, several times throughout the year. And one of the things that she always brings is brand new Play-Doh for the kids to play with. And, you know, that's just one of those things it's hard to keep your hands off of. Oh, I remember I as, oh and I remember as a kid, the silly putty. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, I don't, do you know that? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, do you? Okay. All right. Well, I'm, 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 I'm like your older, older brother's uncle. That's how old, how old much I older. am. Much, yeah, much older. Much, much older. <laughs> but, but the coolest thing about the silly putty was if you remember, you could put it like on newspaper or whatnot, and it yep. would pick up the ink and print. Then you oh, could yeah. stretch all the faces and whatnot as well. We have a man, lot of fun with that stuff. A lot oh, of man, fun with yeah. that stuff. Man, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. All right. Moving on. Did you know that a diamond, despite being the hardest material known, will still shatter if it's hit with a hammer? Hardness, in this case, means resistance to scratching. Toughness, toughness is a different property. Yeah, I do, you know, I've always wondered about that. You know, people are talking about, oh, I got a diamond blade and cut through anything and da, da 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 And I'm like, I've seen videos and stuff where diamonds get just stepped on and they get crushed. And I'm like, I, I didn't understand that. And so this helps understand that. So I think that's why we put it in there. That's right. And, you know, diamonds can also crush themselves. You know, you give a diamond, you know, to a girl and then she breaks up with you. You know, that'll, that'll crush you. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't know that, but, you know. <laughs> I've got a little regular Don Juan here. Is that what you're trying to I, say? <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen it happen. You've seen it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, guys, we hope you enjoyed our random facts you likely didn't know. Uh, and, of course, we always encourage you to leave us a nice five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends, family, and coworkers to make sure they're listening to us and hit that subscribe button. For white The next thing on the list, guys, is TV movies in review. And we've got two good ones here. Now, T, you didn't go see it, but I did. Me and my son went and saw Doctor Strange yesterday. Um, and I'm going to give it a strong seven and a half out of oh, ten. okay. Um, right. I thought the movie was good. Look at it this way. It was not boring. It was not boring, but it is definitely not a typical Marvel movie. I'll try to be, you know, I'll try not to put too many spoilers on it, but if you're of my age or older or much older, like we talked about with T, um, you would Shut probably, <laughs> the movie is directed <laughs> by San Raimi, and he has directed one of my favorite movies of all time, and that is Army of Darkness. Now, that is the sequel to the Evil Dead series, and if you have seen Army of Darkness, then you will love this movie of Doctor Strange because it has so many throwbacks to the movie Army in Darkness, uh, all the way down to the book, to evil hands, zombies, bringing people back from life, uh, you know, you name it. Um, even has Bruce Campbell as a cameo in the movie. It is absolutely a great little nugget. Uh, and so it, that really helped me enjoy it. But if you've never seen Army of Darkness and you don't know who Sam Raimi is, you're going to miss a lot of these nostalgic points of the movie. And it's probably going to actually turn you away from enjoying the movie because you're not going to understand the references, which he uses constantly through this. Well, so, well, it, that's, well, that's what I was going to ask. All right. So you're familiar with the director. You've seen his previous work and you're talking about all these little nuggets from some of his previous work. If you didn't know and understand that, what would you, what would be your rating of the movie uh, it's without difficult. knowing that? It's difficult. So like my son who watched it didn't know any of that Sam Raimi or Army of Darkness that are so on. And he thought some of those parts were cool and some of them where he was head scratching. 
And gotcha. so I use him as a good catalyst for that conversation because, like, to me, if I didn't know what that was, some of it would seem pretty silly or you wouldn't understand it. I, you know, and so, like, there was a part in the movie where a character, you know, gets a spell and starts hitting himself, right? Doctor Strange right. does it to this guy and everything else. Well, hitting yourself and that kind of stuff like that, that's a throwback to a scene in Army of Darkness. But if you didn't gotcha. know that, it would gotcha. you'd be like, okay, that that's funny. But then when you see it when, compared to what you used to know from the other movie, you're laughing out loud because you're like, oh my god, you know, da 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 da. da and you have a reference to it. So like to me, that enriched that scene, which you might not have got as much value out of if you didn't know his past gotcha. work. But there are other other parts that they do that are throwbacks to things he's done in the past that you're like, oh my god, I cannot believe they went there with Doctor Strange doing what he did with Army of the Darkness, where I think it would take it as a negative because gotcha. you saw his old work. So, right. uh, again, to each their own. Uh, to me, it's an entertaining Marvel movie. <clears throat> it really presses the boundaries of reality on a lot of different things. That's why they call it you know, the multiverse of madness. Um, it is going to throw some political correctness at you. They're going to try to make sure that that's you know. Why can't people just make movies anymore? No, there's two or three things they put in there to make sure that you know that uh, all that's in there. Um, Because like I didn't, you know, I don't care. My son was, you know, he even mentioned it. But like there was a few people in the theater you could overhear like, here we go, you know, comments made like that during the movie. You know, like you talking about. You know, I just came here to watch a movie. I didn't come here to be told how to think. You know, right. and stuff. And so it's just a small little pieces in there, but they are there. Um, so I'm just giving you the full spectrum. Overall, again, the bad guy is not who you expect. Uh, it actually throws you for a loop, and you're going to figure out the bad guy within like the first 10 minutes, and you're really going to be like, holy crap, is this person really the bad guy? And then three-fourths of the way through the movie, you're going to see what bad is when uh, this bad this bad character unleashes and kills multiple marvel characters okay i think you i think you just gave uh, a bit too much of a spoiler oh no 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 you, trust me well, like, 10 minutes of the movie I'm, you're going to find out so it's not going to matter i'm just saying like you have to understand this is the multiverse of madness so anything can happen because it's different universes so i want to give you something to look forward to it's really going to make you have an eye-raising moments a few times in the movie you're like no way you're also going to see some cameos of actors that you were not expecting and it is pretty pretty awesome who they decide to choose for different people in the movie uh for different characters and so like i said hmm. seven and a half eight you know strong movie uh, better than the first one. I enjoyed it much better than the first Doctor Strange. Um, and then how it ends, I can't. I can't wait to get your reaction because it goes down a different path in the comic book that I was not expecting. And so I look forward to hearing what you have to say when you when you finally watch it. I look forward to go seeing it. I don't know if I'll get to see it this week or this weekend. Hopefully after this week, since it's the last week of the school and get all that behind me. Uh, yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a date night. That's for sure. Elaine Absolutely. wants to see it too. So the next we want to talk about is Moon Knight. Uh, so we watched the Disney Plus series on the Marvel character Moon Knight. Um, Moon Knight is a six-episode series dealing with a superhero who is the, uh, the hand of justice of an Egyptian god. 
Um, and so the character is about uh, a guy who is struggling, uh, who's known for struggling with mental disease, maybe multiple personalities and things of that nature, who happens to become the avatar for an Egyptian god to be the fist of justice to do, punish those who do negative and bad things. That is what the Moon Knight character is. Um, the mo- the series, I should say, is rather interesting. Uh, not a fan favorite. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. It is six episodes. The two episodes are extremely confusing, um, very uh, twisty-turny, don't make sense, somewhat boring. The CGI effects towards the end uh, really, really test your taste buds when it comes to in comparison to other uh, TV mm. series, movies, and stuff. To me, it is a five and a half, six, if at best, when it comes wow. to a Marvel series. To me, it's a complete, uh, I think you can go ahead and miss it, and you've missed nothing. So um, I hate to say it, but yeah, this was a Disney Plus misfire, uh, in my opinion. You know, I'm, Moon Knight was a troubled, troubled man who dealt with mental disease as well as being a, you know, a comic book hero, you know, uh, and in the, in the comic books, he was brutal. He was murdering. He had no care withdrawal, but he was going to get the bad guy one way or the other. It didn't matter if he went his way. And this, this series didn't go that route. They, went to, they tried mm. to Disney Plus it up and you know, take away a lot of that parts to it, which I'm doing wrong. They, they did the, what they had to do. I get that. But, um, yeah, strong five and a half at best. Wow. Well, thanks for saving me five hours. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Guys, in our last section, we are back with sports. Man, I can't, I can't tell you how happy I was, T, that to get down and be able to talk to our three football coaches here locally. Our three coaches here locally, Coach Peacock, Coach Hectorn, and Coach Russell, uh, to talk about their Thursday night games. Man, they all did a fantastic job. Center Hill went out to uh, Tishomingo County and did really, really well. One big. Olive Branch went over there to Lake Comrade during school time. It was a big, t- big turnout over there. Wow! Lake Comrade is okay. a loaded, loaded team. Got you know two or three SEC players on the defense. Uh, you know, expected to do big things. Uh, but Olive Branch showed out, believe it or not. Quite impressive. So it's a great conversation with Coach Russell on that. And, of course, Lewisburg did its thing, too. Uh, you know, last spring they had some struggles. And, this, you know, this past season they were making some movements. This spring did a phenomenal job. Played Ripley. Had a phenomenal showing. Great turnout over there at Jamestown. Had a great conversation with Coach uh, Hector there, too. So, uh, T, I think we're just going to go to these interviews now and let the people listen to all the, all right. all the great stuff the, as they highlight these kids and then we'll get back all right guys i got coach jason russell with me from olive branch coach man how we doing brother man i am great how about you zach man i'm doing solid man doing solid i gotta tell you man getting to talk to you again getting to talk football you know we were talking a little off air you know and just uh the juices are flowing man i've been saying it all week and just you know listening to the games watching them on huddle listening to the people who went to them uh and just the buzz coming out of olive branch right now man after the spring game uh, it's just, it's kind of electric, man. It's kind of electric. I know last year, uh, we kind of struggled in the spring. We played Lake Comrade and, uh, Lake Comrade was hot. Uh, had a good solid quarterback, a, a potent offense. Defense was up and coming and we struggled. And, but this year, uh, all we've heard about is Lake Comrade defense and SEC players and this, that, or so on. But the Olive Branch Conquistadors rolled into town in Lake Comrade, like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, the hottest part of the day, by the way. I don't know who came up with this idea. but um, And straight up, what I can tell from all the people that went, 
stuck it to Lake Comrit and came out of there looking really, really good. Coach, would you agree with that assessment? Well, you know, it was a spring game. I mean, we, we, we had a controlled series and stuff, and, you know, I can't be uh, any more proud of the way our kids competed. You know, our kids came out and didn't back down from any challenge. You know, they have a guy that's got offers from Alabama at defensive end. And I think the second play of the game, you know, uh, our, our right guard pulls left and, and kicks him out and just comes and just gives him all he, all he ever wanted. You know, so Shea had a big block right there at the beginning. And I think that was a tone setter. I like it. I like to have that early in the game. And, you know, hey, we're not, we're here to, we're here to play and, and, and ready to go. And uh, I thought that play did exactly that. And, uh, you know, that first drive of the game, you know, I mean, we, we went down and uh, started every drive starting on the 30. We drove all the way down and scored. And, and we've got a, a ninth grade quarterback that's going to be a sophomore next year, uh, Dominic Puppo. He, he ran in there for the score at the end. Uh, dove face first into the end zone into two defenders and just kind of shows you the kind of competitor that kid is. And uh, so it was really, really exciting to start the game that way with, with uh, a sustained series and go down and score, especially, like you said, after we, what we've heard so much about that defense. And, and uh, they're, they're, look, there are some great players over there, and they have a really, really good defense. And uh, like I said, I'm just take nothing away from those guys. I'm just proud of the way that our kids came out and executed. You know, for me as a coach, when I watch, the biggest word offensively that I want is execution. You know, I want us to do the things that we do, and I want us to do them well uh, and, and, and not have any confusion out there. If those things are done, you know, the, the defender doesn't matter as much because we're able to execute on our side and, and everything else kind of takes care of itself. And I thought that's what we saw in that first series. Coach, I'm not going to take anything away from you, man. Like you said, spring games were there to evaluate your players, controlled uh, controlled plays, no, sorry, controlled series, controlled things, you know, but just the consensus was y'all did a great job, and that's kudos to your program. Uh, but let's talk about each side of the ball. I know you've mentioned your quarterback already. I know you replaced some key offensive linemen from last year. Uh, offensive line-wise, how did we look for the ball game? Well, you know, we, we we had our struggles. I mean, we had they have two, they have actually three college football players across their defensive line. So I don't, you know, that may be the best defensive front that we're going to face all year long. You know, so you know, one of those guys has an Alabama offer, and if you've got an Alabama offer, you're you're a legit football player. And, and watching the film, I mean, he's 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 doing special things out there. You know, we get the ball out of our hand quick, quarterback, so we didn't give him a lot of opportunity to get to us. Um, we read him a bunch, and you know, did some things so that we didn't have to really just just base block that guy. And we're a little bit young right now on the offensive line, so uh, we wanted to protect those guys with how we were calling the game, and uh, it, it seemed to work. Um, so I was excited about that. I was excited about the way our kids competed, though. Like I said, you know, you know, Shay Bryan coming out, you know, right at the very beginning, and just you know, putting the screws right to a big time player, and, and you know, just not backing down from the challenge. I was proud of him. I was proud of those guys. Dude, there's nothing better than you know than going ahead and setting the tone and showing you're not afraid, and uh, that that was absolutely epic. So, uh, coach, you know, you, you new quarterback. Uh, we talk about the receiving core, the running backs. Uh, did we have any any guys step up or have some special uh, plays that uh, you know caught your eye? Yeah, I mean, we of course you know we had a big time play by Flip Sanders uh, right there. We came back. I, I think we stalled out on our second drive, and then uh, we had to we had to punt. And then the next time we got the ball. We come, we throw a screen uh, to our inside slot receiver, and he takes it to the house. You know, so we had some good blocking on that from our linemen, um, and we also just you know, the timing was there, the pass was there. It was all 
course, we've worked it all spring long. Um, and, and with the amount of time we're throwing the football, our, our, you know, our screen game is, is it needs to be a good thing that we have going on. And, and our kids did a great job with that, executing it. And we took that for to the house. Um, you know, later in the game, uh, we, we scored on a, on a play down towards the goal line with a reverse play. Uh, it was just, you know, just, just something fun for the kids. We had a pick six. Uh, on defense, uh, and then we also scored uh, on a fade ball right at the end with AJ Hill going up and catching the fade from from Dominic. You know, so uh, lots of good things. You know, you know, running the ball, throwing the ball. You know, basically being a complete team and, and being able to score in any kind of way and move the ball in multiple different ways. That's awesome, Coach. That's absolutely awesome. Well, you know, Lake Comer didn't have a lot of points on the board from what I can tell. So defensively, it sounds like things were you know, shaping up pretty good. Was there any guys who stepped up as like a team leader, team captain, had a big day? Well, you know what? Everybody had a big day defensively. You know, all our guys, you know, we've got – I hired a new uh, defense coordinator, Blake Frazier. He's brought in a uh, attack 3-4 style defense. And, look, I'm telling you what right now, I, I played offensive line for – at every level, I would not want to face this defense that we're running right now because there are guys coming from everywhere. I mean, if they're on the field, they've got a chance to blitz, and they blitzed at that spring game on Thursday. I mean, we just bring pressure from everywhere, and he's got it done, and he does it in a way that's simple enough. The kids aren't confused, and we're not out of place. You know, um, you know, they gave we we gave up uh, in the game. I, they. Besides two long runs, they probably had less than 50 yards of offense. And those two runs were exactly that. We had a, we had one kid that was just out of place. Um, an easy fix, you know. It was one of those things where uh, they lay, lined up in a formation that we hadn't seen a lot of this spring because, you know, of course, you don't have any tape or anything uh, going into the spring. And so um, he uh, they got us a little bit outflanked, and we lined up incorrectly at safety. And uh, so we actually gave up a couple of big runs. And if you take those two plays away, uh, they don't have much, uh, they don't get much offense at all. So, well, that's great, coach. I mean, like you said, uh, that sounds like it's one of those defenses that makes a team pretty excited. You know, there's a huge ebbs and flow, but, you know, a lot of big plays, a lot of potential for plays in the backfield. And in high school football, when you have a lot of a potential of excitement plays like that that can create a, a level of enthusiasm, uh, a feeling of dominance, and uh, putting uh, teams in bad positions like second long, third and long, uh, you know, you can, you can win a lot of ball games just with that kind of mental attitude, uh, you know, and it sounds like that's what y'all are gearing towards. Yeah, you know, whatever you do defensively, whatever you do, you know, from a scheme standpoint, I think really needs to match your personnel of your kids and personality of your kids kids that are, that are extremely fast. We're a very fast football team. And so being an attack-style football team matches the personality, matches, matches the skill set for our, our particular kids. And so they've eaten a lot. They, they love Coach Frazier. They, they like the, the defensive scheme. And they're playing really, really hard for him on that side of the ball. And, and so I'm, I'm really excited about that. Uh, I think fans are going to love watching it because, I mean, you're – there's big time losses, and you know you don't know where they're coming from, and all of a sudden they got a sack, and it's the corner in the sack. I mean, you know, so it, it's just it, it's entertaining football to watch for sure. Oh, I heard that. 
Well, it sounds like uh, the home football games are going to be quite electric, and especially when you play your local rivals as well. Well, Coach, is there any kids that you want to mention that maybe kind of surprised you, kind of stepped up and, uh, you know, weren't something you kind of expected, but you, you think their name deserves to be mentioned? Yeah, yeah. We had we had lots of guys that really showed up. I think, you know, defensively, a guy that just stood out defensively was Kylan Rhodes. He got a, he had a pick six uh, in the game. Uh, did a really, really good job. Young kid, you know, he's a, he's a ninth grader right now. will be a sophomore next year. And uh, he was making plays all over the field. Uh, I thought uh, Braxton Holloway did a good job at linebacker. Um, he, came, he came in. He hasn't played the last two years. We, we got him out of the hallways. And uh, he's, he's, we got a guy out of the hallways that runs a 4-5. So, you know, that, wow. that's a, a pretty big win for us. <laughs> so yeah, that's a nice find, uh, Coach. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So my wife is uh, my wife is my best hallway recruiter that there's ever been. She goes out and, and, and you know just naturally for her, she develops relationships with these kids and uh, and these kids you know feel feel like they're part of the family. That's that's what we're developing right now is is, is that family atmosphere in our program and uh, more and more kids want to want to be involved in that. You know, we came in last year with 62 kids on the team and we started spring with 119. So kind of shows you. Uh, what the kids feel about our program and, you know, they, they want to be a part of it, you know, so uh, the numbers are way up from what they were before and that allows us to practice the way I like to practice and uh, we get tons and tons and tons of reps uh, because of that. That's awesome, Coach. That's absolutely awesome, man. Well, Coach, I, I think your spring was a success. I think uh, Olive Ranch and the community there at the school has got a lot to look forward to. Um, I think uh, I think this off season, this summer, is going to be big for you. I know y'all, you're big about that weight program, as you and I both did uh, weightlifting coaching back in the day. And so I think uh, this is a recipe for quite a good fall, especially considering that the you know the rest of the teams in our county, it's kind of going to be a level playing field. It's going to be quite a bit of different uh, look when you know Hernando's got new leadership over there. Horn Lake's got new leadership. Uh, he's a former coach of yours, and so you know his styles. Um, you know, I think it's going to be very level across the board, and this could be a year of seeing you guys in the playoffs and doing big things, especially when you got the team speed like you're talking. And I think uh, I think uh, you could agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's always the goal: is make the playoffs, make a run. You know, I think anytime for all the brands, that's always the goal. I mean, we've got we've got good athletes, and and we've got really good kids. You know, so that's that's I'm so proud of our kids. Uh, not only are they great athletes, but we've got really, really good, a really, really good locker room. And I'll tell you this, you know, it's something I'm really, really proud of is that I went through and checked our grades and just, you know, I always kind of keep an eye on our grades. And uh, We had some of the best grades that I've ever seen uh, from a high school football team this year, you know, uh, overall. And I think that that goes to, you know, goes to show that if you're going to be great at any one thing in life, you can't, you can't do that. You've got to be great at every aspect of your life and have discipline. You know, our whole offseason has been about everything matters. You know, that's been our hashtag of everything we've done. And it's all about attention to detail and everything that we do. And I think that's spilling over not only to their athletic ability, but it's also spilling over to them academically and, and the performance in the classroom. So that itself as well, I'm extremely proud of our kids. Coach, man, that's, that's awesome. That's a huge accolade. And not something that gets mentioned a lot. Uh, so congratulations to your team. Congratulations to the program. And, man, we look forward to talking to you again soon and getting ready for fall, man. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. I look forward to it. And, uh, you know, you can't beat the football in the fall. I mean, there's nothing better than that. So, 
Absolutely, Coach. Again, man, thank you for your time. I know you, uh, this is tough for you on the weekend with your family and everything, but tell them thank you for me and the podcast because I know that our fans, our listeners, really enjoy hearing what you got to say about the game and the kids, and so it really makes the night. So, again, appreciate your time, Coach. Hey, Zach, let me, let me tell you about one more thing we've got going on. Uh, this week we've got a youth football camp, and so we're really excited about this. We didn't, we didn't have a chance to do it last year with COVID and everything. And so this year we're going to have a youth football camp. It's this Tuesday and Wednesday. That's the 17th and 18th of May. It's from 3.15 to 5.15. And so our coaches are going to be out there. Our players are going to be out there working with the kids. Any kid from DeSoto County Schools is welcome to attend. Um, you know, we do start at 3.15 because Olive Branch is an a early school. So I know some schools like uh, Center Hill and and such are, are, are late schools. Those kids are still welcome to attend, even if they can't make it there exactly at 3.15. If they get there at 3.30, it's fine. We'll, we'll put them in their group according to their age group. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. The kids receive a camp T-shirt for coming and attending the camp. And they are invited to lead us out onto the field on September 2nd. So we're really excited about it. Hope we have a great turnout. That's awesome, Coach. Uh, absolutely. Is there a, a Facebook location or a, a social media spot they can check and reference? Is, is there a fee of any type? Anything else they need to know? Well, there's actually I've, I've placed it on the uh, Olive Branch uh, bulletin board and on Facebook, and uh, we've also got it on our Twitter account. Um, so uh, those are the best two ways to do it. Uh, they can also email me at jason.rust at dcsms.org or they can email Justin Jones, who's who's uh, running the camp and going to be our uh, camp manager. And it's justin.jones at uh, dcsms.org. Awesome. Awesome, Coach. Hey, absolutely. We'll definitely get that out there. And like I said, listeners, anybody who's got a youngster out there who's interested in football, Coach Russell is a great place to get started. Olive Branch is a beautiful place, nice turf field, well-ran program. It's a great place to get to that interest level even higher. Uh, Coach, I hope, uh, hope that helps you and look forward to possibly trying to get out there and giving that a look, man. Absolutely. I appreciate it. When spring arrives, do you wish your yard was as nice as your neighbor's or maybe the best in the neighborhood? There is a company that can grant your wish, and that is Masterlawn. They have been serving the Olive Branch area for over 25 years. They have amazing courteous service and results that are unbeatable. If you go to their website, masterlawninc.com, which is that is spelled masterlawninc.com, you can check out all the services they offer, as well as a user-friendly quote system to get you started. If you prefer to use the phone, you can always contact them at 901-250-0873. All right, guys, in our next interview, I've got Coach Peacock joining me from Center Hill Mustangs. Coach, it's always a good pleasure to talk to you, man. How's the world treating you tonight? All doing good, man. Good, doing good. Just uh, you know, glad to get spring wrapped up. No, uh, no huge injuries. You always want to come out healthy and uh, on a positive note, felt like we did that. So a couple days of school left. And then we're gonna hit summer, hit summer running. I hear that, man. Well, let's talk about the spring game, Coach. I know y'all decided to travel out to Tishomingo County, and uh, had quite a good outing. Looks like offense and defense did quite well. And uh, I want to dive right into the game as much as possible, man. You know, when I heard some of the stats and how some kids stood up uh, and played ball so well, you know, I want to get as many names as I can on here. So let's talk offensively. You know, you're one of the few teams in the state that runs the, the option set, wing T, 
You know, I know you're a diehard on this. And, uh, you know, were any adjustments made going into the spring? Any changes? Or are we still going with the same course as always? I think, you know, we did uh, a little bit of stuff. You know, I, I think going into the spring, we want to put a big emphasis on the passing game. Made some adjustments to uh, how we protect some things. We did, uh, you know, dabble with a little bit of gun stuff. Um, wanted to keep everything as similar and as as uh, the same for the offensive lineman as we could. So we tried to basically it's just experiment a little bit. But we've got a couple of six four uh, wide receivers that we need to be able to to get them the ball and do some things to get them involved. And so we're trying to you know figure out a way to do that. And thought we did some good things. We threw for two touchdowns uh, Thursday night. Um, one from the gun on sprint out, and then uh, one from under center on just a goal line fade. Um, and I think had another one that we dropped, it would have been another uh, big touchdown if we had been able to come down with it. I heard that, Coach. So uh, you lost a senior quarterback last year. So who is the uh, who's the head guy for the quarterback position right now? Uh, yeah, right now I think Jaden Logan. You know, kind of has the edge. He's you know has uh, Grayson Baxter nipping at his heels, really really pushing him. Um, I think uh, Jaden did, did a real good job. I thought Baxter did a good job uh, all spring, learning what to do. And uh, both played in the offense for a year um, last year. So they, they have just expanding their grasp of the offense and learning how to make those decisions. And, and you know, it's obviously, you know, you get into – you go from JV to varsity and that, that – that decision-making happens just a little bit faster every time. So, uh, But both thought they handled it well. They said, I think Jaden right now has a little bit of an edge. Um, but, you know, I think Grayson does a great job and definitely keeps pushing him. I hear you, Coach. Well, tell us about this. Uh, how's the offensive line? And, uh, you know, you said you had some tall receivers come out. Uh, how was the play across the trenches and everywhere else offensively? I think the offensive line did better. Uh, we, you know, we got a lot of returners there. Um, we only lost, I think, one starter off of last year. Uh, in, in Zach Hines, he was the only uh, senior that we lost. So you got four guys that are basically back in their same spots, um, you know, trying to figure out who that fifth guy is going to be. Uh, Medlin um, did a good job for us. Uh, right now he's that fifth guy. We got another kid uh, playing D-line that Mike could push to be that fifth guy if he came back to offense full-time. Um, you know, I thought we did some really good things uh, – J.D. Washington, um, Jaron Washington had a couple of big runs. Harrison Brown, um, you know, he's played several different positions throughout his career. And uh, we had our Saturday scrimmage with our dad's breakfast and our, you know, who we felt like our starting D-back was, was going to be Cedric Nelson, uh, turned his ankle real bad. I mean, we it was thought it might be broke, but luckily it wasn't. And Harrison, you know, had to grab him and like, look, man, you got to play a little D-back today. And then he came for three days the next week and then played in the game and really did a great job. Uh, broke the first first play of the game for about a 65, 70-yard touchdown run uh, and had a couple other big runs, scored on another uh, in, a, in a red zone situation, scored on a belly down G run um, and just did a great job with very little practice time and getting ready. And, again, just a, a good kid that works his butt off, wants to be on the field, and you're glad to see – you know, he got a shot to kind of, kind of show what he could do, and hopefully uh, he can carry on and, and find a spot to to fit in and help the team uh, be successful in the fall. Uh, Roger Jefferson, he's one of those 6'4 wide receivers, had a couple of really big catches. Um, uh, you know, I thought our receivers 
you know, really did well. We rotated uh, Roderick, uh, Will Lane, and Denver Kiner, who also starts at corner for us. Those were our primary receivers in varsity. thought they all did three uh, did really well. Will's a big-bodied kid, a great kid leader-wise, and, you know, does what he's supposed to do. Um, and does a great job blocking and those things. And then Roderick is a young kid um, that's got a, that got a ton of potential, made a couple of big catches, caught a corner route for a touchdown, had a big route, uh, big catch on a, on a long third down, uh, you know, on a post-wheel route from under center. Uh, and then Denver caught a goal line fade there at the end. So, you know, chance to get them all three involved. And like I said, you know, uh, O-line did well. I still feel like we've got, you know, a lot to clean up there. You know, what we do is very uh, detail-oriented in all facets, and everybody has to do their job and do it not only the right way, but but be technically sound in the way they do it. And I think, you know, still got some work to do. You know, got a long summer to get better at that. But overall, pretty pleased with with how we um, executed. Uh, Like I said, you you feel like there's always – things you can clean up but um you know definitely thought we did some good that's awesome to hear coach man i know there's some center hill community that's going to be in shock you know this fall when you're hearing about throwing to six four receivers compared to how the offense was rolling last year that's going to be uh, quite some entertainment there i know that a lot of people are going to be excited for that uh let's go on to the defensive side coach uh, you know defensively i feel like it's something that y'all have always been a strong suit on uh, I know you lost a couple of guys, but you've got some big returners, some guys who are getting looked at by some uh, college scouts. Uh, you know, why don't you tell us about the defense of how it went during the spring? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought they had a great spring. You know, um, just quite honestly, they pretty much dominated our offense all spring long. You know, I think our our interior five guys are really, really good. We had a kid uh, move in um, from Charleston uh, that didn't play in the fall, but, you know, is going to be able to play, played in the spring, and is going to play next year. I um, made a name of Cadis Kimball, and he, man, really impressive uh, on D-line. Um, really struggled trying to block him. He's got great ball get off, very physical uh, point of contact. Um, and then we rotated kids at nose. Um, got a young kid, Elijah Westbrook and uh, Caleb McAllister, both rotated at nose. And, you know, really did a good job. Elijah, you know, played some offense and played some defense and then did so well at, at uh, nose guards that we wound up just saying, hey, just keep him for right now and let's see let's see how he does. And uh, and then the Masai Wright, uh, you know, he's kind of the senior leader over there on the D-line. And uh, he's a little undersized but plays with great technique, great effort, um, great attitude. Um, and so those – those four guys uh, really, really did well. Um, and then we'll get uh, another senior, Blaine Broner, back. He uh, missed the spring with the meniscus uh, injury, had surgery, uh, I think, last week or the week before. Um, but we should get him back. And so we should have, you know, four to five guys on the D-line that we can rotate and really not a ton of drop-off um, there. And then, you know, two inside linebackers, Nate Taylor and uh, Lance Henderson, uh, both just really good linebackers. Nate, undersized, but had had a great start of the year. Wound up missing most of the year last year as a junior. Uh, tore a ligament in his finger and had to have surgery. Um, but uh, the two of them are hard to block, man. They're hard to block. And Lance, obviously, 
you know, he's the one that, that the colleges have came through and looked at and talked to is, you know, he's about 6'3", 210, and runs pretty well, has a great GPA and ACT, so he has everything that they, they are looking for, um, high character, um, you know, thought they both played well. And then our secondary, um, you know, we got Denver back, started as a sophomore, you know, battled injury last year. He's going to start at corner. Uh, Cam Pruitt uh, and Laurel Nichols kind of play in the other corner. Um, and then Kamian Knight uh, had played some offense and some safety. Uh, and then um, Chucky Malone uh, playing the other safety. So, you know, really thought our defense, like I said, all spring and even in the spring game just really did some good things. Um, you know, and, you know, 6A is, is a tough league. Our district's a tough district. We're going to have to be able to stay healthy. You know, there's not, a, not just a ton of depth behind them, but if we can stay healthy on that side of the ball, I think we really got a got a good chance to be to be really solid over there, Coach. I agree with you, man. I think uh, you know this is one of those times walking through spring and watching the kids practice and watching a little bit of footage from the game uh, versus Tish. Uh, you know, as a unit, it looks really, really impressive. Like I said, the score and how y'all handle Tishomingo, uh, you know, exemplifies that point. Uh, and like I talked to the other two coaches when I was talking to them, I said, you know, 6A, yes, very difficult, but the 6A district we have is kind of leveling out. You know, Hernando looks like it might be down a little bit. Horn Lake's a different, di- you know, new head coach, you know, different kind of scheme. Uh, I think this is the year where it's really, really level across, and uh, we've got a great shot of making a run in the playoffs, and uh, I think the team, this is a team that can do it. I think y'all have done a fantastic job this spring. And I, and I see kids getting excited about it. And I know that's got to be, uh, you know, something to poke your chest out a little bit. I know your coaches are proud about that. Um, but let's talk about just for a second. I mean, I'm sure y'all got an off-season program. Y'all going to be participating in any seven-on-seven, any camps going on in the summer that you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, we're going to start. Uh, we start the day after Memorial Day. We go three days a week during the month of June. Uh, we'll take the week of July 4th off, go four days a week the last three weeks of July. We're going to go to Memphis's seven-on-seven. Uh, we'll do seven on seven over at Lewisburg with those guys, and you know, usually five or six schools come uh, every Wednesday. I think in the month of June, at least that's the plan. And then we're going to go to a, the you know the officials do a seven on seven at Oxford High School. We're going to go to that one, and and may, may try to pick up one more, um, you know, somewhere Arkansas or or maybe Missouri or somewhere. Um, you you know, I, I'd like to try to get the kids off to a school and get them seen by. You know, a school that may not, you know, recruit our area as hard. So, you know, may try to pick up another one. But, uh, you know, main thing is, you know, we need our kids to, to be in the weight room and uh, work hard and, and do those things. And then, you know, I always try to give them as much time off as I can so they can be kids and and have a job and, and, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, really excited. I, I do think you're right. I think our district um, – isn't going to be easy by any stretch of the means, but I do think it's a little bit maybe leveler uh, this year than it was last year. I know obviously South Haven's going to be good, but they lost a ton of defense. Uh, Horn Lake's going to be good, but uh, you know you got a new head coach and, and lost a good bit off of that team last year. Uh, you know um, Hernando has a new head coach. Olive Branch has a new defensive coordinator. Um, uh, DC is going to have a new defensive coordinator, so it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how you know some of these guys come in and are able to get their system in and you know no matter what they do all summer 
you know, when they get ready to play us, it's a whole different ball game. And uh, only having three days to prepare and deal with that is is tough in, in and of itself. Um, having two weeks is tough, but having three days is really tough. And so, you know, interested in trying to kind of see how they're going to try to defend us and, and how we can take advantage of that and um, uh, hope, hope for some good things. You know, last year our, our non-conference schedule was, was brutal. Uh, it's going to be tough this year, but maybe not quite as brutal as it was last year. Um, we uh, only had a one-year deal with Little Rock Christian, and we, so we picked up Jonesboro, Arkansas. Um, so we're going to go up there uh, this year. Uh, obviously, you know, don't know much about them. Be interested in kind of seeing seeing that school and what they do. And then, of course, well, we lost the Clarksdale game last year and had to, and played West Plains. Uh, up in Missouri, um, we have Clarksdale coming to us. They have a new head coach. Coach Johnson retired, you know, a couple months ago, and so they have a new head coach. So it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting year. And um, and then, of course, towards the end of the year, you're going to start uh, looking at, at the next year in 7A and what that means to the area schools. So it's going to be a it's going to be a fun fall, man. I'm I'm excited and looking forward to it, and and all that's going to come with it this fall. Coach, totally with you, man. I think I think this is a, this is going to be a great year. I think a lot of things are lining up to be in favor of Center Hill, um, as well as our district itself. And so I think it's it's got the right recipe and the right ingredients. And hopefully we can just keep things in play, and it's going to taste good when it comes time, Coach. And so, uh, man, I, I really appreciate your time. I know today was a big day for you. Uh, you know, we're recording on Sunday, and you know, y'all doing some festivities for your son who's graduating. So, congratulations to your son, Trip. And uh, you know, I'll, I look forward to seeing you at work, brother. Yeah, man. All right, coach. Again, we'll talk to you again soon for, uh, for the summer and getting ready for the fall. I right, appreciate it, ma'am. Is your home or business in need of some restoration work? Maybe a water pipe burst or you have some storm damage? There is an expert company right here in DeSoto County that can handle all your needs. Brian Rowe and his team of DeSoto Cleaning does expert restoration work. They will make sure the job is perfect to your satisfaction. Look them up on Facebook at DeSoto Cleaning LLC and that is the capital LLC. They also provide other cleaning service such as steam cleaning carpets, tile, and grout. Or if you'd like to call them on the phone today, you can call them at 662-710-2698 or you can email Brian personally at R-O-W-E underscore 41 at hotmail.com. All right, guys, I got another special guest with me. That is Coach Dustin Hectorn of your Lewisburg Patriots. Coach, how we doing, brother? Man, doing great and uh, man, great to be back on. Yeah, no doubt, man. I got to tell you, man, sports section without football, it's tough on an old football coach, man. It is really, really tough. But, you know, getting to hear and see all this great spring football, man, it just it rejuvenates you for the summer. It's just, uh, you know, it gives you a little bit of that taste to say, man, it's getting close. You know, that fall is about to be here. I'm not wishing my summer away by any means, but uh, just getting to hear the helmets clack together, football being thrown in the air, crowds getting excited. Uh, it was great. And I got to tell you, Thursday night, a lot of buzz coming out of the Berg, man. Uh, what kind of night did y'all have? Yeah, we, we had a, a fantastic night. Uh, you know, it was great to kind of be back on that field. And, and uh, you know, as always, our, our – our faithful showed up in Jamestown and our band was there and, you know, it just felt like football again. You know, we had a great spring and, um, you know, I felt like we, we've really improved a lot and, uh, you know, it was just a, a really exciting night. Coach, I know that's right because uh, Ripley is no slouch of an opponent. You're talking about a story program that does really well, has consistently done well in football. I think this is a great match for you guys to really test, uh, you know, how your spring went. 
Uh, and what I can tell score-wise and all the buzz and what I've seen on film, uh, y'all were toe-to-toe doing a fantastic job. Saw a lot of great things offensively and defensively. Kids moving around. Physicality was fantastic. You know, let's go ahead and dive into, you know, the football itself because this is what it's about, these kids and everything. You know, and I got to say the biggest thing I noticed up front was defense. I thought defense was uh, really, really strong. Uh, I saw kids flying around the football, especially your, you know, your linebacker core. Defense was hard-nosed on the front line and stuff. Uh, what, do you, what do you got to say about the, your defense, Coach? Yeah, 100%. You know, when we started, um, you know, back end of April, I challenged our guys that I wanted to be fast and be physical when we played on May 12th. And there's no question that they answered the bell on that. It was, um, you know, night and day different from, I think, what we looked like a year ago. And, um, you know, we challenged those guys to do that every day in practice, and, and they did. And I was real curious. I mean, I knew we, we had a, a tough opponent coming in, a physical football team that loved to run the ball. So, so I knew what their practices were like and, and how they play both on both sides of the ball. And, and, and our kids, like you said, they answered the bell. They were, they were physical. They were flying around. You know, every single play, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I could even go back and find one where we didn't have – all 11 of our defenders run into the football and multiple times, you know, the, the ball carriers getting up and, you know, there's six, seven, eight guys standing over him. So, you know, every time I've been a part of a great defense, we, that's the type of things that the guys do. And, um, you know, it was, it was very uh, exciting. Um, I was very proud to see that. And, and uh, again, just uh, couldn't believe, you know, how, how hard these guys work and bought into what we're doing. And, and, um, you know, it really showed on, on Thursday night. Absolutely, Coach. If you could highlight a few of your players that did really well defensively, don't get me wrong, I think most of your entire defense was pretty darn solid. But did a, a leader emerge or was a leader already present? Some other guys really kind of show uh, something that was kind of unexpected? Or, man, did they hit the nail on the head and, you know, and deliver what you did expect? Yeah, we, we probably had a few that kind of maybe surprised me a little bit. But I, I'd tell you, you know, probably the player of the game on defense was uh, Canyon Bell. And, you know, Canyon plays outside linebacker. He probably didn't have a, a ton of tackles, uh, but the way that he was physical, setting the edge, setting guys up, uh, numerous times guys had clean tackles, uh, you know, a ball having to bounce back inside. Um, you know, so I, I thought he did a really good job. He had an unbelievable spring. And, I, you know, that was kind of been my question here for probably two weeks. Is it is it going to show up? on Thursday night and, and it did. And, uh, I thought he was really good. Elliot helps or safety had a, had an interception, um, you know, had a couple of tackles down the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, and he's probably one of those leaders on the defense that, you know, you can always hear him back there barking, getting people, uh, you know, put in the right place, making sure people know the coverage. Um, so I thought he was really good. CJ Johnson had, had, uh, several big, big tackles, uh, Cody Gilmore at the other corner had a forced fumble. Um, I thought he played really good, really tough. Um, and then our, our, our line, I thought Demetrius Farewell and, and Carter Cummins were, were really good and just relentless getting to the football regardless of kind of, um, you know, if they get double teamed or uh, there was a point in time Farewell was triple teamed um, and, and just kind of sit there and ate up all three of those guys and, and our linebackers just are able to go fly down there with nobody touching them. So I thought they were good. And then, you know, our backers are, are, are already minute. Uh, I'm sorry, already mentioned Canyon Bell. Uh, but Coleman Dowell on the other side was was really solid, and and then Mason Stokes and Alex Lynch are probably two guys that that I was very impressed with. That 
you know, honestly, probably surprised me a little bit. You know, I'd seen some glimpses of it in practice, but, you know, I, I, you know, I was worried, is, is this moment going to be too big for them? And, and, uh, you know, they rose to the occasion and, uh, again, just overall defensively, I, I was really impressed, um, you know, taking the ball away, forcing, I think two fumbles and got an interception and, um, you know, 11 hats to the ball and, and, uh, you know, being physical, you, you got a chance when you can do those things on defense. Coach, couldn't agree with you more. I think uh, defense overall was much improved. You know, we talked last year during the spring, and like you said back then, and, you know, we can we roll back the tape. You said there was a lot of areas of need of improvement, um, but, you know, that's what uh, that's what you do spring for, and uh, I think this is definitely a sign of growth and, you know, uh, you know, the program moving in the right direction. I think it's phenomenal. But let's roll over to the offensive side. Can, you know, uh, that kind of gets the excitement going. Y'all are kind of a wide open offense, you know, three, four wide. Um, got a, you know, got a quarterback that stuck in there for the game and uh, had a good performance from what I could tell. And uh, offensive line did pretty salty. And I believe you actually had a couple guys out, which kind of made some question marks. But overall, I think they did well. What can you tell us about your offense? Yeah, I mean, you know, just and we'll start up front. You know, we had a couple of guys out, and um, you you had. Um, you know, a few guys kind of step up and, you know, same deal where you kind of talk about some of the younger linebackers we had, or, you know, how are they going to handle this moment? And, you know, Jack Lyles was one of those guys at tackle that I thought had a really, really solid game. Um, you know, Ashton Dowell, who is our center, I thought he was, he was really good and aggressive and, you know, I still like to see him moving his feet and staying a little bit lower at times, but, um, I really think, think he had a, um, you know, had a, had a great night. Um, you know, Gunnar Gilmore's our quarterback and, um, you know, th- this is a guy that does not get rattled, who is extremely confident and, um, and is always going to push his teammates. And, um, you know, he, after the first couple of, uh, couple of drives we, you know we seemed a little tight kind of stalling a little bit and he kind of got over there and rallied his guys and they go back and score two touchdowns and you know he gets a two-point conversion and, and the next time we score he's over there barking he wants the ball again you know so that's the type of kid he is and you know so he throws for two touchdowns one to Easton Fesmar who had several big catches obviously one for a, a long touchdown and and DJ Green uh one of our running backs um, yeah, he scored the other one, and I thought he had a few pretty good carries. Um, and then Coleman Dowell came, comes in and, and, you know, plays a lot of defense for us and comes in and, and totes the rock and, you know, very physical runner. And, you know, he caught a ball out of, out of the backfield as well. So I thought those guys were, did a really good job. And then, you know, then we play a, a JV half, and then Brody Whitaker comes in at quarterback, and he looks about like Gunner. You know, he's running the whole thing and, um, you know, taking off and, and, and running the ball well and being physical with, you know, running through tackles and making some great throws, you know, hit Jaden Cragen probably five or six times on, on some big passes. And, and I, and I'll tell you the biggest, biggest surprise on our offense. And, and you can ask anybody in our program, they'll tell you the exact same thing. Uh, we've got a, a running back named Jack Schaefer, who is, unquestioned the most improved player in this program right now who had a, a tremendous spring and and uh you know carried the ball tough caught a ball out of the backfield which i don't know if he ever caught a football once uh last year at all uh so really really proud of those guys the improvement that they've made uh, the confidence that they've made and um it, again it, it showed in, in the points that we're able to put up on the board yeah coach 
Man, that's fantastic. I, 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 you named a lot of kids right there, and that just shows you, uh, or at least shows me, and I think the listeners, that a lot of kids stepped up, you know, and when you have kids step up and they're playing together as a team and leadership is developing without it having to be poked or prodded, uh, yeah, that's a sign of good things to come. And I, and I think uh, it's absolutely fantastic. I know those parents are probably getting excited. I know the crowd at Jamestown was probably getting really excited during the game and, uh, you know, and they see the progress moving. So uh, congratulations to an awesome, awesome spring. Um, I know y'all got a big summer of uh, weightlifting and training. Y'all, are y'all going to be doing seven on seven and all that this summer? Yeah, we will. We'll, um, we'll host seven on seven here in June, uh, like we did last summer. And, and, uh, we, we, we're working on plans to go, go to, uh, one seven on seven, um, at some point in June. Uh, so we've got a couple of things working for that. So excited to kind of get back to work. You know, you know, we really felt like we, uh, made some huge strides, um, you know, this off season and, and obviously this spring, but you know, there's, we still got a long way to go in our weight room. You know, we've still got a long way to go in, in our athleticism. we got a long way to go. Uh, you know, we still had a lot of bust and, and a lot of things we've got to clean up, um, you, you know, football-wise. So, yeah, absolutely. we got a very busy uh, busy summer ahead, but, uh, you know, excited about it and excited for the chance to, uh, you know, continue to improve. Coach, can't, uh, can't thank you enough for your time, to, and especially promoting these kids and building uh, these men. Uh, for a, a great future. I really, really appreciate it. As always, Pod is going to be out there to support you, and we look forward to uh, this next season. So, again, thanks for your time, Coach. Hey, always. Really appreciate uh, you co- your coverage and, and uh, you know, letting us highlight these kids that work so hard and, and do so many great things. So, appreciate everything that you do for us. Absolutely, Coach. Well, until then, man, we're going to talk to you again in the fall. We'll get our weekly show back up and really get these kids on there. We're going to start trying to add some kids to the program and really build it up. I think we're going to have a lot of kids. They're going to have opportunities to uh, maybe go on to the next level and get a lot of conversations out there and get the buzz even hotter. But, uh, again, until then, Coach, we'll see you in the, this fall. Yes, sir. Thank you. Dude, man, that was exciting. I mean, the great week of spring football ending up. Uh, I know all the mommies and daddies that listen to this show, they're glad to hear talk, uh, the coaches talk about, you know, the players and mention their names and, you know, the good things that went along. And, of course, with this time of year, you know, you and I, we used to coach football together as well. You know, you, you, you hope to see some good things, but you also figure out exactly what all other things that you really need to work on. I think uh, this upcoming school year for all of these schools, I, I think I think they're going to be looking at uh, some some big improvements coming along. Oh, there's no doubt. It, it, there's so much potential here. You know what I mean? Like the three teams struggled yeah. this past year. You know, to be honest with you, the three teams that did not go to the playoffs uh, in our district, and they're going to be in the 6A district again. It's going to be it's a tough challenge. But like you said, what do you call it? Hernando is going to be down next year. The Soto Central is a different team. Horn Lake is a completely different team. They lost some players. Uh, you know, the entire county as a whole is going to be quite a bit different animal when it comes to this next year. And so I think it's a it's for anybody. You know, if somebody has a good time, good year over the summer, um, you know, really comes out strong in August, they can really surprise people. And I could see one, two, if not all three, potentially making the playoffs if things just kind of fall into place. Sure. You know, there's a couple missing pieces in each one of the schools. But considering how it looks like everybody's going to kind of be on the same level playing field for next year, uh, you know, it's it's anybody's to grab. And so, I, like I said, I love the three head coaches we have. They're huge supporters of the podcast. We love being supporters of them. Uh, it's a great, great community. 
and it's just it gets exciting. It gets the juices flowing for football again. And so we're going to talk again with them over the summer uh, sometimes to see how the seven on seven is going. Uh, you know, quarterback development is key for all three of these schools with the styles of offense they're running, as well as defensive secondary. You know, when you're in six day, you got to you got you got to coach your butt off. You know, you and I both know right. it. You know, oh yeah, and you got to you got to have all the tools and all the everything in place. And so uh, they do a fantastic job, and I'm really looking forward to see how this fall is going to turn out. Yeah, good luck with your summer workouts. No doubt. Well, guys, as always, we hope you enjoyed the show. I know today was a little bit longer than normal with our coaches' interviews, and, of course, we're a little long-winded with a little bit of politics and everything else. But, as always, we, uh, we, we appreciate you listening. We, of course, we hope you would encourage your friends, family, and coworkers to listen to us as well. If you like what you're listening to, we have a great podcast down in Hernando, our brother pod, that is Under the Water Tower. They do a fantastic show talking about the local community of Hernando, ran by our good friends Derek and Matt. I want to say a special congratulations to both of them. They both had graduating seniors. Seniors, Bo and Hannah Grace, uh, you know, they're moving on to their big schools for next year and had some great uh, you know, graduation festivities here at the church this past weekend. Wish both of them luck and those of parents a huge congratulations on that as well. As always, guys, we hope you look forward to hearing from us next week. I'm Zach. I'm Luke. And we'll see y'all next. two things that you're going to find out. She fights like a man and she cusses real loud. If I was smarter, I'd have stayed myself at home.